receive the feel good needs Peaceful sleeping beneath the sun Hell's this place that we come from Heaven awaits, clever tongues Speak to me, empty numb Touch we toss, the skin tight sin Peel shadow off, the sunburn thin This, live through far swim Touch opens flames, lick This quick devour, hash stripped Touches us, this how we give of hearts of mind, superficial pricks through desires, skin jumping in, out of cars, bars, scars. Who I am when I feel so far, touched by strangers, hands hard, overstimulated, simulated, voodoo doll. Emulate touch, baby, above them all. Commitment is my every moment lived, y'all. Touch, touch. I don't know if I know you much Touch, touch I don't know if I know you that much Welcome to the Truth to Power podcast. I am Curious G. On Truth to Power, we frame spiritual, political, and social topics through the lens of art. How does one speak truth to power? On this show, we do it in our art through our music and in the poetry of our language or by the comedy we find in the darkness of days. The art here may offend, for we are imperfectly human and uncensored. We hope that the themes will enlighten as well as entertain, for on the Truth to Power podcast, we wish to build enthusiasm for being connected as human beings. Hope you enjoy the show. It's your boy, Curious G. And I've got my man here today. Hey, my name's Brett. I'm the new fill-in. You don't want to do a, a cool-ass name? You don't got no names and shit like that, dude? No, I'm I'm a goofy 39-year-old white boy from the suburbs. I really don't have that much flavor, so All I don't right. know why you brought me here. So here's the thing. I came out with the nickname Curious G because of the rap thing, right? And I don't know if you know this, but Curious is with a K, K-Y. R-I-O-S, and it's actually a Greek word that means master. So it's like Master G. Since my last name is Giles, that's what I used, right? And I wanted to use that as as the rap name because not that I'm the fucking best motherfucker that ever walked the face of the earth, but for me, it's a reminder that I need to work every day to try to master this, right? Okay. So it's my Kung Fu, if you want to Put it in those terms. Your reputation for Kung Fu is well known. And when we first started, um, my buddy, he didn't have a cool-ass nickname. After about four episodes, he wanted a cool-ass nickname. <laughs> so if you need one of those motherfuckers, dude, you need to come out the gate with it. You know, nicknames, I always kind of figured they were better when they're given, not given to yourself. So uh, I don't know if anybody out there has a good one for me. How about I'll Dirty B? I might do Dirty B. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, if it sticks, like a Dirty D, might as well. Oh. Speaking of which, uh, with that name, if you haven't dropped a uh, a bar with the term KY Jelly as the acronym, you're really missing out on a hit right there. Really? I'm just saying. Because of the curious. What? The KY yeah, you're right, dude. I Giles. Never really, I never Giles. 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 Yeah. Giles. KYJ. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got it. Dude. You're welcome. When you Fuck. become rich and famous, I'm going to demand royalties. You know, I never really thought about that, to be honest with you. I guess that's why I'm here. Mm. It's I, like, like a thumb in a very uncomfortable place. Ooh. 
I mean, I'm sitting, not planning on spinning, but hey, the squeaky black couch is, uh, it's a little awkward, but when does the job interview start? There really isn't any. So these are natural conversations just between two dudes talking about topics. And today's topic is a little bit different. The song that we're doing is Touch. That's why I made a casting couch joke there. So So let me tell you a little bit about this song. I actually wrote this song after a date. Go on. Okay. There's a a girl I went out with, and we went out with a few times. And I'm not going to mention her name, but she was a very touchy kind of a person. Oh, that was Tina. Tina. I'm sorry. Uh, You can edit that in post, right? (laughs) Continue. I was going to say, you got close to the name. I mean, she had four (laughs) letters in the name, but no, it wasn't two-ton Tina. Mm. Um, No, this was was a chick that I just went out with a few times, and she was very touchy, very touchy-feeling. And I, I realized how much I liked that, right? Like, I was the type of kid that really desired touch. But the thing was, is my mother was the kind of person to push that away. Love avoidant, got it. Yeah. So uh, my my grandmother was also the type of person to push that away. Both my mother and my grandmother had been raped in their past, mm. family members, and touch for them was very, very uncomfortable. And I realized that I had found myself in the most significant relationships of my life with women that were like my mother, like my grandmother. My first wife touched inappropriately by her father. My second wife touched inappropriately by her brother. So touch for very significant relationships in my life was something that was uncomfortable for the women. And for somebody that wants touch, but was deprived from it, right? I realized during that date what I'd been missing. You know what I mean? Um, and it like literally affected me enough to come home and write that that song, Touch. And and the song is actually a little bit about the uncomfortability of touch when you're not used to it. So I started to really research um, the effects of being deprived of touch, and I, I found it to be fucking fascinating. And I think it's because she's insecure, but she's just always trying to hug everybody, you know, some people don't like that. Some people don't like to be hugged. But she doesn't realize that. She takes it personally and thinks, uh, you know, it hurts her feelings. Comfort sometimes, just to have somebody's arms around you, don't you think? No. Come on, it feels good. It does not feel good. It hurts. It's crazy how cathartic uh, writing out pain can actually be. Mm. I can understand that real well. I mean, there was a point in my life where I was such a blockhead, typical male where, you know, you get a hug from a pretty female and instantly you think, this has to be sexual. I want it to be sexual. Let's make this sexual. And for a long time in my life, craving a uh, female friend was almost impossible to achieve because of the fact of getting the idea of intimacy completely turned around. That of intimacy has to mean sexual when in reality it certainly doesn't. It can. But uh, well, there's a time limit on the hug. I don't like nobody touching me. Now, any of you homos touch me, and I'll kill you. I mean, what's what's a what's a regulation hug? Ah, oh, I think about three to seven seconds. They say the therapeutic value of a hug really kicks in at about twenty seconds, but that's also when a really awkward boner starts. <laughs> at least for me, depending depending on who you're hugging. 
No, not really. It's oh, platform. Really? Be careful if you hug me more than 15 seconds, oh, bro. Shit. I'm just saying. I don't think that's going to happen, brother. Uh, I am lonely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I usually like to throw out a quote. This quote is actually um, by a dude named Bobby Fischer, who maybe you've never heard of. Most people probably haven't, unless you happen to follow chess. He's an American chess grandmaster. And what he actually said about touch is nothing eases suffering like human touch. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I want to ask this. This is my question. Ask away. In the society that we live in today, are we losing the gift of touch? Absolutely. There are some, there's some niche. I'll, I'll keep it on the up and up for this one. Uh, in our society today, there are some niche groups of people that have kept, uh, you know, human proper non-sexual intimacy alive. But with this day and age of just being balls deep in your phone 24 seven, you go out to, you go out to lunch and you go to shake someone's hand and their face is glued to their phone. They don't even notice it. Get off the phone. Get off the phone. It's at the smallest levels, you know, it's amazing what technology is doing for us. I mean, it's creating this podcast. We're able to get two guys bullshitting about life out to whoever wants to listen to it. But at the same time, to be able to get a group of our peers together to just chop it up about life and actually have eye contact in any kind of human relationship, it's getting harder and harder, which, you know, you got to take the light with the dark, but I feel that's where we're at. And I don't think it got any better with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people started the fist bump thing, right? Like we stopped shaking hands. So, you know, you know, lack of touch, right? So this is some of the stuff that I found. Lack of touch among the development years as a child can cause negative effects on physical development, just the physical way that people develop, um, our emotional development and brain development. Um, this has caused increased aggressive behavior with the way that the brain develops. It's caused increased depression, often to the point of self-injury, even death, suicide, and murder. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a cold-blooded, premeditated murder. I never looked up the data, but I mean, with my own life experience, I could definitely see that tracking considering uh, my mother was... She was almost a little too lovey in the, you know, the best way she possibly could. God bless her. But uh, yeah, my father, it was, I might get a hug if I begged for one or if I did something that in big old air quotes made him proud of me. And that all stems back to love giving, love taking away, which is one of the biggest things I think is wrong with a lot of parenting because... You know, it can go back to the technology thing. You know, if you're good, you have your iPhone. If you don't, I'm taking it from you. And I don't know where the balance is, but I can definitely see how that tracks. It certainly does for me. Yeah, dads dads are weird with touch when it came to, like, my age group, right? Like, dads didn't hug. Dads didn't kiss. They, they might have looked at you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, this might just be me, but... If my dad was trying to go in for a kiss, I I think I'd be a little more happy with the fucked up personality that I have today than that. That'd be some more baggage to unpack. But, you know, hey, 
if if it was healthy for you growing up, hey, more power to you. See, I like I like the term homophobic curious. <laughs> See, I'm not exactly homophobic, but I'm homophobic curious. I go with hetero questionable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so is the human experience in a state of atrophy with the increasing age of technology, like what we were just talking about? Or are we starting to atrophy with, with the, the human experience on a whole, not just with touch? Ooh, I could argue both sides of that personally. I, in a way, yes, just kind of second verse, same as the first on how we're being just completely disassociated by just having our faces glued to a screen. But at the same time, if you look at how humanity has just progressed over the years, I mean, if you follow the the narrative of what we've been taught, it's I think we're just in some serious growing pains right now. Is it our death rattle? It very well could be. I hope it's not, but I believe there's really no other direction to go. The only thing I pray for, which I'm starting to see in the younger generation, is being a little bit more self-aware of the situation and just kind of gaining some empathy for our fellow humans and not looking at them as a gamer tag on a screen. Message. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I I think that it's funny because you, you you kind of brought something out. In some ways, technology has connected people more than ever. Absolutely, right. So when 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 COVID first happened, well, just before COVID happened, I went down to Florida to take care of my mom. She had a heart attack in January of 2020, and COVID was happening, but we didn't really pay attention. Right. Nobody gave a fuck yet. <laughs> right. Not in my neighborhood. Florida, baby. Yeah. Florida. We, we were like the wild west down there, dude. Um, but, you know, uh, shortly after getting there, uh, uh, COVID kind of became like this thing, you know, um, and I'm down there and I'm, I'm on this side of the border. My wife at the time was on the Canadian side of the border. And the way that we were able to communicate was through Facebook Messenger where we could see each other. And um, I stayed down there taking care of my mom for 14 months. And, and the border wasn't opened up yet when my mom passed. So I'm having a relationship with my wife that I was with all these years, but not physically being able to touch. Right. And that's, that's the one thing. FaceTime and Zoom, I think, is the one thing that helped us hold on to our shreds a little bit. And the best thing about that, if you're in a committed relationship, or even if you're not, I mean... I was going to make some kind of like real time dick pic joke, but it just kind of escaped me. Fuck it. The big thing about it all is to me is the fact that uh, I think in those situations, it is absolutely terrific. You can uh, be, you can have the closest thing to a long distance relationship while still being able to actually cue in on eye contact, uh, body movement and all of that. Cause trust me, man, my text, that shit gets lost in translation. Mm. I've pissed people off when I wanted to make them happy. I've turned people on when I've tried to fucking tell them off vice versa, typically. But the biggest thing is, I think that's amazing. The biggest problem is, is when you're like out on a date and you're more busy scrolling, looking through Instagram models and shit, that's where the disconnect is like, bring it back to bring it back to when I was young and just stare at the waitress's ass, man. Like just stay in, <laughs> stay in the fucking moment. But I digress. 
Well, you know, I, I think there's something very real to um, missing the human connection of touch because, you know, even though we were together all those years, my, my second wife and I, um, and you're talking about, you know, uh, close to 18 years we, we were in a relationship. You know what I mean? Um, and the end of that, we had a good marriage when, when I went down to take care of my mom. But we didn't see each other for those 14 months. And when the border hadn't opened up yet, I left Florida, came back here to Washington because this is where I used to work. And um, I wanted to get back in the union and get insurance again because I have a history of skin cancer, right? So I wanted to get my insurance going again, get checked out. But eight months after getting back here and working and all that stuff, um, this wife of 18 years moved on with another dude. All of a sudden, she's got a brand new dick, <laughs> mm. you know? And, you know, is is that uh, a direct connection to, to lacking the physical touch? I think that was a big part of it. I think that d- during COVID, uh, she spent a lot of time alone. Um, in fact, she, she was living alone at the time, worked from home, was missing human touch. At the end of the day, eight inches on the screen, four inches in real life. I you can't really blame her regardless. <laughs> not that I know what you're packing, or do I? God, well, I hope not. Anyways, I, I think I could take up more than a screen. I did. Shit. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a small phone, right? I like, was gonna say I can't even stretch it sideways across <laughs> mine on my best day. Fuck. Okay. Well, enough about my dick. <laughs> Let's talk about mine. <laughs> we don't have that much time. <laughs> When, when people are, are sick or dying, like my mother was. Great segue. Touch is a powerful form of therapy. Children born with developmental issues that receive touch therapy have a 47% increase in body weight. No shit. No shit. I shit you not. No shits. So mm. like when my mother was dying, right? Like I, I made it a, a point to touch her. Right. Right. I put my hand on her head. I touched her hand. I had to wipe her ass. <laughs> mm. But, you know, to be honest with you, like I, I made it a point to touch her just so that she could feel human contact, you know, because um, I know how good it feels when we're sick, right? To have somebody come up and touch us. Yeah. I don't know about you, but man, the man flu is the one thing I can't handle. I, yeah. Bring on the caretakers. Get the, get me the wet nurses. Fuck, oh, give me oof. a dry one. I don't care. They got Selma Hayek as a wet nurse. I'll take her. I, I'm just saying. You can you can keep that one. Just just give me pink. That's all I'm. Pink, the singer. What? That's what we're talking about. Like me, a strong woman, my man. Really? Mm. You know, she's from Orlando area. Yeah. Yeah, she's from where I'm from. Introduce me. Yeah. I, oh, I didn't know her like that. I just knew that she was from that area. Um, she was a little rich girl. What a great fucking voice, man. Great fucking voice. In fact, when she does that me and Bobby McGee song, ooh. I have no idea what she sings. I just look at her online. I've looked at her online. She's popped up in my feeds. Huh. MrSkin.com. Anyway, (laughs) we're getting off topic. I apologize. Well, Mr. Skin isn't that far different from touch. (laughs) I mean, I ain't saying I masturbate, but sometimes I'll beat my shit like it owes me money. Mm. But, you know, the the idea of, of touch therapy, right? It actually has the ability to heal things. And, you know, I think with, with the wife that I had, um, 
it's it's probably able to heal some relationship if you can actually touch, have sex, and things like that. Because the screen ain't enough, you know. Amen. I, I don't care how many years you've been together if you can't have that physical connection. Um, and and couples that have frequent sex just have better marriages, you know. I mean, with each other. <laughs> if they're having frequent sex but not with each other, that might be a problem. Yeah, I mean, in today's in today's so, so social climate, I mean, go on the thing of polygamy. I mean, hey, whatever floats your boat. I mean, happy wife, happy life. Just uh, diamonds last forever. So do herpes, and you can lose diamonds. So, yeah. Are people having less sex today than they used to? I believe significantly. I know over in Japan, there is a, uh, there's actually a name. I'm not cultured enough to know what it is, but for they're literally having screens on some of the big mega complexes that would play videos strictly of showing a smiling female face to help the people that live there practice eye contact because they are so disconnected from human interaction that they say this is it's just kind of a hip shot but it's to help them go and reintegrate and hopefully populate because they are in a significant uh, population drought people are just not having pregnancies they're just working stiffs and with all of this new ai and the simulated sex robots and all of that i mean if you're looking to just base take care of your core desires and emotional connection is something that isn't yours or it's been beaten out of you by society it's understandable it's heartbreaking but it's understandable are you okay i'm okay uh, no i'm not okay I'm a virgin. A what? I'm a virgin. I always have been. Dude, I think suicide is going to go through the roof, but not just the the people not having sex as much, but the effects psychologically of all of that. You know, like when the sex robots show up, I mean, I'll I'll take them for a test drive. Allegedly, they're still or allegedly they've showed up. They're just not in mass. But well, so allegedly. So here's something that's neat. I, I think it was last year. There, was, I forget the name of the of the institute that came up with this, but they came up with this like fake skin that actually has uh, touch sensors throughout the skin, so it'll be able to actually react. Um, they said what they're actually creating this fake skin for is for people that have like lost an arm. Right. So they'll be able to have like a prosthetic arm that'll actually have the sensation of touch. You know, the person that started creating that had ulterior motives, at least in the back of his mind. Dude, you know, it's going to be it'll be so that the, uh, the, the the sex robots can can react and feel like a, a real human. When do you think the first sex robot's going to catch its first body and not by sex, I'm saying like somebody is going to upset the AI sex robot and it's just going to club him in the head and kill him. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it could happen now. Postmark this, this podcast is going to be dated bet two years from now at minimum. I'll mm. come back and collect. <laughs> okay. But it, you know, as far as people today, right? Like one of the things I found out is in recent years for the first time, American single women outnumber married women. So here, here's a question. Is human connection not just 
physically, but spiritually becoming disconnected to the point that people are just becoming okay with being alone. I can't speak on the populace at whole, but I could see it happening because I myself for a great number of years was perfectly okay just focusing on myself and thinking about all of the past trauma that I've put myself through, I've put others through. I had in my head had no problem just going about my work, going and trying to create my life or destroy my life. And every time I thought about going on a date, I just remembered the hub is free. I don't have to cuddle and I'm not spending any money. That's crazy, dude. You're a good looking dude. You weren't smashing ass? Not in the last couple of days. Well, well, I'm saying at that time of your life, you were focused on other things. I was, yeah, I was, you know, heart was broken and it was just, I tried to prioritize and, you know, did that typical big old quote successful male thing and decided to forsake any kind of emotion, any kind of anything that could open me up to real pain and that was the only kind of pain that I thought that could get me at that time was that of sharing my heart with somebody else and having it completely ripped out through my asshole. Holy shit. You know, that was almost depressing. And then it was I, kind of funny. At the uh, end. You know, you know, <laughs> bleak with a splash of humor. It's kind of, uh, kind of my gig. I don't know. Okay. So touch deprivation impairs well-being. deprived of touch Something important is missing from the human experience. Being deprived of touch, we are deprived of security, intimacy, and affection that comes from physical contact with people who are close to us. Um, you went through a period where you, you were missing that human contact, right? Do you think that you had any of that issue as far as security, intimacy, affection? Oh, it was one big issue because the key word on that was people close to me. And I gave the, I let the assumption out that I had people that were close to me. There are people that I was close to them, hmm. but everybody was completely guarded and shielded from my life. And I just painted this perfect picture of working man, successful business, all of this, and just kept everybody at arm's length because I knew it felt really good, but I only focused on how bad it fucking hurt when I didn't have it or when it got taken from me or I lost it. And it was always their problem, not mine. So yeah, for a good chunk of my life, fuck it, five years, pushed it all away. And uh, yeah, thankfully I kind of broke that streak recently. So that's probably why I'm as jovial as I am on this podcast today. I'm not sitting here crying on the microphone, but uh, yeah, it's... It's it's huge, man. That's the one thing I see. The the male condition, it's once again I'll I'll refer to the generation that I used to just do nothing but dump shit on. It's they have a better feeling and I think a better grasp on how important uh that their emotions truly are and how valuable empathy is in life because I Ran the longest time because I learned from my father, God bless him, he did his best, that, you know, a strong man, you know, he's the fixer. Big boys don't cry, all of that bullshit. And it got me a lot of material things in life, but it was absolutely forsaking the 
the shit that really made me me. And it's going to take another lifetime to fully figure out, but you know, the work is worth it, but yeah, it completely, uh, it really stopped me from stopping and enjoying the moment and actually enjoying time with my people. And yeah, the lack of sex really fucking sucked too. I'll be honest. After you watch everything on Pornhub, except for the really weird shit, <laughs> you know, it gets boring. I started watching that too. Mm. Midgets and shit like that. Well, that's not weird. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> maybe, next, I- maybe, maybe, maybe next podcast we'll get into what I consider weird. What a twist. I actually had that conversation with Shelly today. She was, uh, God bless that she woman. was texting me back and forth and she was at a, um, uh, a, a meeting at her business and they were talking about uh, Christmas parties. I said, you should suggest midget tossing. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I don't think that'll go over. I said, you can make them sexy midgets. Midget tossing. <laughs> she tells me, she's like, there's guys here that have midget fetishes. <laughs> hey. Boy, they've got some very unusual prizes at the carnival this year. I mean, midget tossing. Hell, they could toss me and I wouldn't even have to bend over. It'd be perfect. Well, that was what my question to her was, is after that conversation, I'm like, do you think that hot midget chicks are just constantly having sex? Yes. I do too. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's a Texas size 10-4 right there. Now, midget guys, do you think they're banging ass? Oh, yeah. What? Oh, tell me, banging ass, I mean, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I I'm running I'm running I'm running the dial back and I can't think of one of my shit. I can't think of one female that I know that wouldn't hop just crotch first right on top of a midget's face. What? At this well, moment. Yeah, they could actually eat pussy standing up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like oh my god. Okay, we're I getting... fucked a dwarf once. Did you? Yeah, oh, legal shit. dwarf. Pause. You got to tell this story. Oh, was it a good story? Fuck nope. yeah! Um, Don't tell a sad story. Oh, it's it's not. Mm. The one sad, the saddest thing is that was probably the fourth female that I ever had sex with. So I was just getting into the uh, the rhythm, the motion of the ocean, so to speak. And to keep it broad form, I didn't realize what freaky was until I took <laughs> down somebody that could suck me off standing up. And wow, I miss her. I miss her to this day. You learn things on the Truth of Power podcast. Ah, uh, yeah. I know I just did. I wonder how she's doing. We can look her up on Instagram after this. <laughs> okay, getting back on, on topic here. What about the market place of touch? Uh, that's all up and down Highway 99. It costs $100 for an hour. The <laughs> massage is subpar. Uh, but the hand job is a 7 out of 10. Well, you know, legal and illegal, right? Like the the market of touch, like you mentioned massages, right? $21 billion in the year 2019 was spent on massage. And, and that I'm assuming is places like, um, you know, that you would actually use insurance. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? $21 billion with a fucking B, right? 21 billion. That's a lot of goddamn money. And I think I've gotten massages. I I think I have. (laughs) Um, I'm thinking that it's been helpful because, you know, doing construction and shit, like it helps to actually help the body. But I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it at the same time. 
You know what I mean? Like the actual physical touch. And I, I think that even when you get a haircut, right? You get a sh- head shampoo. Who doesn't fucking enjoy that? Tell me you don't. Uh, my barber, he's, he's a great guy. He really gets into the shampoo and he makes direct eye contact and it's a little uncomfortable mainly because I have to readjust my pants, but I mean, it's yeah, that. Okay. Fuck. It's enjoyable. All right. It has I, don't, to be. I don't need to There's lie. There's erogenous zones in the head and yeah. the neck. So just touching people's head and neck, even if it's not sexual, you're going to feel something, right? And that's kind of the idea here is with the market of touch, I think that I think that people spend money legally and illegally because they enjoy touch and it isn't always about the orgasm, right? If it's a prostitute, right? That's obviously leading up to an orgasm, but there's no way that it's just about that. It's got to be about the whole experience, about being touched. Because there's some people out there that aren't getting fucking any. Am I wrong? It's very rare that you leave me at a loss for words, but I'm highly debating <laughs> if anybody... Yeah, I guess there is people out there that buy hookers for conversation and maybe a back massage, but I think that's all pushing towards the orgasm, depending on how much crack they smoked before, during, or after. See, I'm going to actually say that it isn't always about the orgasm. I bet you a lot of the people that go to prostitutes, right, don't get a lot of physical contact. And I think that just the, 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 the moments where people actually have that feeling of touch um, is a release. You know what an incel is? Involuntary celib- involuntarily celibate. Yeah. Yeah. So you know a little bit about in- involuntary celibacy. For anybody that doesn't know what that is. Um, so maybe I want to say back in the 90s, there was a woman that actually termed the phrase. And uh, it, more today, it's males that get the attention. Because there was a dude, um, Elliot Ripley, I think his name was. He gave like a 25-page manifesto and then killed six chicks and then killed himself. I unfortunately know about that. Yeah, he was a uh, he was an incel. Um, incels online um, have communities where they kind of come together, kind of on the dark web at times. Um, and there's some aggression. There's some anger that has led to murder, suicide, and a lot of things like that. So incels are people that are not voluntarily without sex. They're involuntarily celibate for whatever reason. Um, I have a cousin. He's nine months younger than me. So the dude's 52 years old, right? Um, I think he's banged two chicks in his entire life. Okay. Okay. And this was in his 20s. Mm. And when he talks about women, you almost think he's a rapist. You know Yikes. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's that type of scary. That's a red flag. Right? But, you know, he he lived with his mother until he was almost 50 years old. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, And, I, dude, I, I, he would be an incel. And I don't know if he ever communicated to those people online, but, dude, he's got problems. Did you— 
Oh, I was going to say, did he wet the bed? Did he start fires? Did he hurt animals? Because you might have a serial killer for a cousin. Well, that's what my wife had said. That's what my wife had said. Yeah. You know, um, and I really don't know <laughs> the way that it came out. I know that he spent a lot of time playing video games. Hey, 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 and hey. all of his video game characters were chicks with huge racks. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that that's an indication of you like, take the female form in, in video games or straying away from it now. But I mean, if he was playing them heavy 10 years ago, that was about all the choices you got. <laughs> Still kind of a worry, but I'm just trying to guard against the character creators creations I may or may not have made. Well, this this involuntary celibacy. Right. It, it affects both men and women, but but it's been more men that has got the attention for a while now, even though um, a woman named Alana was the one that actually termed the, the phrase incel back in the 90s. Um, but what started as a harmless website to connect lonely people, right, this involuntary celibacy idea um, has morphed into this underground online movement associated with male violence and extreme misogyny. It feeds off entitlement of sex where they feel like they are entitled to it. And it, and it actually builds aggressive behaviors and attitudes, which can end with violence towards other people and oneself. Like that guy, uh, Elliot Roger was his name. I don't know mm. what I fucking said a minute ago. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of a scary thing that this is where we're going with society today. And you would think that they would have like a dating site for incels, right? Like a dude hooks up with another chick that neither one of them are getting any. I'm going to roll you into a little ball and shove you up my vagina. Have you ever done any kind of rabbit hole research on the actual people that are self-proclaimed incels? This week. This week I've looked at all that shit. Um, I backed out slowly. Yeah. And <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, they say there's somebody out there for everybody, but to find a female that is unwashed, unkept, has severe hatred for any man trying to better his life or that is what he considers better than him. I'm sorry, man. Just go and go and drink the Kool-Aid or get some chemical castration because that's one of the things that absolutely is fucking up males in society. It makes it get the switch about how masculinity is this horrible, toxic trait. And my view of toxic masculinity is the lack of masculinity. What masculinity is to me is being a man with strong moral conviction and is not one to get catty, shitty, persecute and domineer. It's one to stand their ground for what they believe in and love way harder with open hands than closed fists. Message. Mm. Mm. That's me waxing poetic. That's Holy probably the, shit. that's probably all you get from that of me from that. Got me nervous today. as a motherfucker right now. Now dude. I can't even fucking speak. Like I said, I literally <laughs> wasted all of my intelligence on that. So back to just agreeing. What's next? Well, the, the reason why this is so important Right. Uh, they actually asked 70 percent or they actually asked a bunch of people what sense that they would miss the most. Seventy percent of the people asked said that they would miss touch more than anything. They would rather lose eyesight or hearing as opposed to touch. Um, and maybe that's because the skin, it's the largest organ. Right. Uh, and, and of all the five senses, they actually say that touch uh, is, is the first one that is formed. 
I always heard that hearing was the first thing formed in the womb. But according to what I read this week, um, touch is formed at about four weeks when when a, a child is is in the womb, right? So that's how early we start to um, map out the world by touch. And when we're actually born, what do we what do we understand first? We don't understand language, right? We don't even understand probably tone. We don't understand if somebody's angry or or whatever, but we understand kind touch. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Think of an infant. All it knows how to do is shit itself, cry, and get fed. But the one thing that is completely therapeutic for it is to get swaddled up and put in its mother or father's arms. Yeah. So, yeah, that completely tracks. <laughs> you know, and I didn't know this, but when I started to, to, to research that stuff, I found out there's two different types of touch that we have. Did you know this? Go on. Okay. So let's take the hand. Okay. Right? Front of the hand, back of the hand, right? Uh, it has two different types of touch. Um, back of the arm, front of the arm, right? The, 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 the side of the arm that has no hair and the side of the arm that has hair. Two different sides, just like the hand, okay? One informs us things like this is soft, this is hard, this is hot, this is cold. And, and both sides do that, right? Like... Um, but the inside of our hand, the palm, the, the side of our arm that has no hair, that's going to let us know things like soft, hard, hot, cold, right? Um, this is the more vulnerable part of touch that doesn't need the protection as much. The second form of touch is like the back of the hand, parts of the body that tend to have more hair. Um, think of it like this. This is the information that gives us our social capacity for understanding what we're experiencing. This is what helps us with stress relief, right? We, we understand where there's um, feelings of security, friendship, kindness, and love. And it makes sense because the vulnerable parts of our bodies are usually not exposed as much to being touched where the other parts of our bodies are. And this is what actually um, scientists say, that there's two different types of, of sense when it comes to touch. Um, so some of it is more of an a internal view of the world. Um, this is hot, this is cold, this is soft, this is hard. And one is more of a social understanding of what touch is. And this is why touch deprivation leads to things like aggression, depression, suicide, right? Because we're missing that social connection, feeling a part of. Imagine being like in, in prison and not being around anybody. You know what I mean? Like that's got to have an effect, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, you're around people. It's just uh, the, the, the touch you want, you ain't getting. And the touch you getting, I don't think you want, or maybe you do, you know, different strokes. So 26% of Americans said that they didn't have sex at all in 2021? Yeah, I'm part of that. Wow. Yeah. In 2021? 2021, nope. I was killing it in 2021. What? I could have got an award for the shit I did. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, to be fair, though, that, to was, be fair. that was the time that Lynn told me we were kaput. Oh, and, yeah. Um, the old yeah. get over one by getting under another. Well, I, I can't get over that. you till you get out from under him was my thinking. Ah, yes. <laughs> but, you know, it, to be honest with you, like, and, and it wasn't like I just smashed a bunch of ash. You know, it was literally that I wanted to have positive connections with women 
because I wanted to reprogram my fucking mind. So you you caressed, uh, cuddled, and penetrated ass. Well, I was very honest. I said, look, I want to see people. I want to date. I want to have fun. Um, I'm not looking for commitment. Um, your, your insides feel great, but I want to go feel someone else's. Well, it wasn't so much that. It was that, it, dude, I was, I was just like looking for more positive female connections, but um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be an asshole to women basically because I wasn't ready for a re- relationship, but I knew eventually I would want to have one. Right. So I didn't want to like be that dude after my marriage ended that just stayed away from women completely. Didn't talk to him. I was like, no, I'm going to talk to as many women as I can. Right. And, and I'm going to enjoy the actual pleasure of, of company of a woman. And this, this song actually came out of one of those experiences going out on one of these dates. And this chick was like touching me the whole time. And I was so not used to that. But that was when I realized this is what I wanted. I wanted somebody that touched. Yeah, it's a love language, definitely. Yeah, It's funny, that's what she said that night. Huh. Maybe it was me in a wig. (laughs) No. Well, Well, she definitely had a vagina. Have you... I'm going to keep this conversation on track. Well, we never had sex. Let me put it that way. (laughs) But she had this thing in her pussy <laughs> on the date that we went on and she did gave she me, give you the controls she did oh my god she give me her number did. No, i can't do that I, i'm not even gonna mention her name i you will after this podcast oh no no i'm i'm i don't kiss and tell but 26 percent of but, americans but you uh you lush and tell on the hush though well i don't mention names for all intents and purposes of this podcast he is telling the truth <laughs> Okay, getting back to the 26% of Americans mm. that didn't have sex in 2021, including yeah. you. Including me. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume that they were asking people that were of age and not young people, right? Like below 18, right? They probably asked adult Americans and they probably weren't asking people that were like 95. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that, that probably a lot of people that are in the age of fucking aren't. Uh, you made one critical mistake there. You know, the number one, uh, the number one localized place of spreaded STIs is actually old folks. Old homes. folks, yeah. So I'm sorry, those 95 year olds are laying pipe. My great grandpa was a stallion up until he passed at 98. So you know, you're right. I actually found that out too. The same thing. Uh, yeah, the people with most STDs are teenagers and old bucks. God bless them. But here is one of the things that I did find. Researchers from the Indiana University say that nearly one in three U.S. men ages 18 to 24 reported no sexual activity in the past year. I can believe that. I didn't lose my virginity until I was 18, almost 19. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. Late bloomer and early stopper, I guess. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of like a diesel motor. I got it to crank over once, but uh, we'll see if how it did, starts up. How did you avoid it? Huh? How did you avoid it? Oh, I had my sights set on like two different people that did, weren't interested in me and uh, kind of forsook the uh, the rest of them that I guess in retrospect were into me. And I was also one of those fucking sweet young naive boys that uh full disclosure i don't believe in the friend zone just because you are nice to a female does not mean they have any fucking reason to have sex with you period end of statement but that's where i was in most of these females lives was i was that friend and it wasn't until that uh life beat me up a little bit and i realized 
these women kind of like assholes. Then my 20s were a little bit of a blur. You became uh, a dick. I became a dick and learned allegedly how to use mine enough to at least keep it going for a while. So, yeah, no, it's mm. like I say, I got it out of my system young, but uh, that's up until today. Who knows what tomorrow brings, man? See, see, I'm thinking today, right? Like that one in three males, 18 to 24, that reported no sexual activity last year. I think part of that is technology. Hands down. But I also think that part of that, and this is one of the things I found, women are making more money than any point in history, and women still want to marry up financially. That Hilda's entitled to spend her last remaining years without worries of money? And until they get that, have you seen, like we're talking about the Lushes, don't ask me how I know the brand name, have you seen the toys that these women get? Uh, I mean, why the fuck do they need to settle for us if they're money motivated and they have a couple hundred dollars to spend, they can do things that us guys can't even dream of. And all I we and all am. we got are these things that look like flashlights that if we don't use lube, they might tear our cocks off. Don't ask me how I know. Well, you know, I I think at some point in history, uh, a woman said to themselves, you know, I'd really like some dick. But if Probably. I never saw another man again, and then all of a sudden they came up with the idea of the dildo, right? The invisible manhandle. Yeah, uh, the the yeah, it's they traced back. Uh, they found uh, shit when like the Neolithic period. They found one of the first recorded dildos, and this is like before the times of Christ. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure we've been sticking our dicks in a lot of things that theoretically we should not be sticking our dicks into. Probably far before that. Cantaloupes. Uh, I was I was thinking a lot worse, but I'll just keep that in my head. But yes, cantaloupes, probably. <laughs> Throw it in the microwave, at least warm it up to room temperature. Wow. Uh, <sighs> okay. <laughs> okay, so some podcast of the- podcast has gone off the rails. It has. It <laughs> You're has. welcome. I'm sorry, whichever one is more applicable. Okay, so people that who have sex at least once a month or less- get heart disease more often than those that have it twice a week or so. Sex burns five calories a minute. It's a stress relief. So the physical and mental benefits of sex lead to happier lives as well as better relationships. Is this if you lay on your back and fall asleep halfway through? I think it counts. Really? I think. Shit. I don't know. I would have to do some testing. I was going to say, we need to get some research. <laughs> but regular sex seems to be linked to things like improved memory. Um, you might remember her name. I don't know. She might remember yours. Doubtful. First one's possible. But weekly sex seems to boost the immune system compared to those that have it less often. Sex bathes your brain in a chemical afterglow that lasts about two days and helps to bond you to your partner over long term. So... Don't try to have a Zoom relationship with your wife for two years like I did, <laughs> or you might be done. Yeah, I could see that. And I was about to ask, is that the th same thing as rubbing out the easy one on the hub? But uh, I don't know. Post-nut clarity is a lot different than that afterglow. Mm. Any Anybody that knows what I'm talking about knows what I'm talking about. When you have to click off those tabs that you instantly feel like you got to go to church for as soon as you're done just me i don't think so I might be <laughs> i don't think so i think people i think men and women are different after an orgasm 
Mm. Right? You ever see, what was that fucking movie? Employee of the Month? They had a whole thing where the guy talked about the different chemicals that are released at orgasm. And I forget exactly what those chemicals were, but basically the gist of it was this. Before a male reaches an orgasm, they feel closer to the female. Before the orgasm. Well, yeah, because they're, yeah, they're, they're balls deep inside. That's about as close as you can get to someone else. And after the orgasm, the female feels closer to the man. So we have like these. I wouldn't know anything about that one. <laughs> you don't like to talk afterwards? I don't. I mean, I've had, I'm great at sex. I always come, but I can't say the same about my partner. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. You were saying? <laughs> wow. I'm just, I'm thrown off the rails. Again. I'm an honest man. Okay. But. A healthy, happy sexual relationship, right? Couples who do it at least once a week seem to be happiest, according to the the fucking stats. Fucking um, stats. Without sex, you'll miss out on the hormones that promote restful sleep, like prolactin and oxytocin. Women get estrogen boost that helps even more. Orgasm causes the body to release endorphins and other hormones that can help ease head, back, and leg aches. Sex seems to help keep your blood pressure down, and it also helps prevent becoming a Viking. Bet you didn't see that coming. I did not. I was like, okay, tell me more shit that I already knew, and then you hit me with the Viking thing. So this is huh. this is funny, dude. Like in history, they say that the Vikings actually started to uh, travel out from where they lived because they're Vikings. Yeah, because there wasn't enough fucking women around, right? Like they didn't have the options where they lived in the communities that they were. So they're like, we got a boat. Uh, yeah, let's go over to the other neighborhood there and get Olga. I'm just saying. Huh. So, you know, lack of sex, you could become an incel Viking. Incel Viking. Half of that sounds all right. <laughs> I'm kind of scared of water, though, so. You know, I'm kind of, I'm scared of these incel dudes. Like, actually, when I started doing <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, no, I'm terrified of them, actually. That was just a really well-formed, really malformed joke right there. But when they I started. terrify me. When I started doing this research, I was like, holy shit, this is my cousin. Ugh. Really? He needs like, to put on a watch list. Well, I haven't seen him in a while, but we lived together for a while. And I remember there was a point where he made some kind of comment of, of oh, you're not getting sex either. And I said, oh, okay. And at the time, I was not bringing girls here. <laughs> Understandable if you have because he wasn't creepy roommate. getting any. Well, that was only part of it. Part of it was the <laughs> part of it was that, but the other part of it was he had this huge Confederate flag hanging up in his bedroom. Oh, we're, that gets a girl's panties moist, dude. We're from if the it's your South. sisters. My my friend, she was Hispanic, and he made a comment one time about the filthy animals when he was talking about Hispanic chicks. Mm, projecting, are we? And, and dude, like this is what I mean by the incels, right? Like how they get that aggressive, angry fucking thing, right? So according to Wikipedia, right, um, this subculture of people, mostly male and heterosexual, who define themselves as unable to get a romantic or sexual partner despite desiring one. The subculture, it's often characterized by deep resentment, which he had, hatred, he had, hostility, sexual objectification, misogyny, 
um, self-pity and self-loathing, racism and a sense of entitlement to sex, where he actually would blame women and the sexually successful, like myself, <laughs> right? It's all your fault. I can't get pussy, cuz. Dude, it comes in with that shit. It, like, it really does, and it's terrifying. And, uh, dude, we, we ate at the same restaurant for like a year and a half. Every week. And there was a girl there that would always talk to me. And I knew her personally and I knew her name and I used her name and I would ask her about her husband and I would ask her about her kids and we knew about each other's lives. Everywhere I go with you, there's some cute girl talking to you, so I can co-sign this as fact. The one well, in LA Fitness will be mine, by the way. <laughs> this, that's not the point. This is a friend of mine, right? right? right. I, I, she is cute, but I do like her as a person. Of course, right? of course. But my cousin would sit next to me every week and he would hear me use her name and one day I mentioned her name outside of the restaurant. He goes like, who's that? I'm like, the person we just saw? Who? And it's like he didn't know her. It was like he didn't even, he couldn't even like figure out who the fuck I was talking about. And I knew that he had known her for a year and a half. And I'm like, do you just not see this woman? And like th when I started to research this stuff. He probably disassociates when you're talking to This is to it, her. dude. Exactly. This is it. Um, so I'm reading about this shit and I'm like, this is like, there's a rape culture that exists. And it clicked with me with some of the language that he used about women, you know? Um, and I'm not really trying to make this episode about incels, right? But just the distortion that happens to the mind when we're not being touched or we're not touching. I think it's, I think it's huge. I think it's a huge part of our physical life. I think it's a huge part of our spiritual life. I couldn't agree more. I think you could. I fucking agree 100%. There is nothing that I have felt more strongly about in my life. You are preaching the gospel. <laughs> Is that good? Or I could continue the gospel of vagina uh, of touch. Why are you oh. going? Why are you going there with this conversation? I thought <laughs> I we were having know. God, some people's kids, man. Uh. <laughs> now I'm projecting, you know, I, I think that where we are with technology, um, I think where we are with society, especially after COVID, um, I think that there is a disconnect, um, with people. I think that people, are more isolated than ever before in human history. I think that we are also in a place in human history where the planet has never been as populated as it is today. Well, that's a fact. And I think that people have never been as alone as they are as today. People can feel uh, like they're the only person in a crowded room. Yeah. I've seen it. I've lived it. It's, it's horrible. And it's one of those things that can be very hard to approach. I mean, I have my own sense of how I can, you know, help create bonds like therapeutic bonds in that way. But at the same time, there's a lot of people out there that have an overt fear to it, a revulsion by it. And those are the ones that need the most help, but it seems like society's done so much to get them to where they are that, it's almost some days it just feels like some people are beyond help. And that's a horrible way to feel when you actually give a fuck about helping people. Mm. And I don't know. It's just kind of the butterfly effect, you know, give one person that's down on their luck and 
feeling like shit, ask him, you know, if you're, if you're worried about it, ask him if you can give him a hug. And the fact that you can possibly save them from making a really fucking horrible mistake just by showing a little bit of kindness and the fact they might pass that on to somebody, it's the butterfly effect. I think that's the only way that we can really bring this world back to any kind of homeostasis, honestly. So we usually talk about topics two weeks in a row, or we usually talk about things that connect to a song two weeks in a row. And usually it's a different topic each week, but I will say this over the next week, pay attention to um, how often you are touched or are not, you know, Um, and, and, and just think about it, you know, and I'll do the same thing this week. Um, You know, I, I, I really do try to practice human contact today. Um, for one, I re- I recognize that I need it. I, I recognize that I've been touch deprived for a lot of my life. I was married for 18 years to somebody that didn't like touch. She loved sex, but didn't like touch. And I used to go up to her once a day, every single day, and just hug her every day. Every day. She says to me, that's one of the things that she misses the most today. But she used to push me away a lot. Because she could probably uh, disassociate sex and love very easily and any kind of real intimacy that didn't involve, you know, spitting in her mouth and knocking her eyes back. (laughs) Too much. Anything that didn't involve sexual touch could be felt as an emotion or a feeling way stronger than that of a carnal urge. And... I, I just speak from experience that uh, I am also one of those people that lived that way a long time and breaking out of that shell, even though I was receptive, was very fucking crunchy for me. Mm. So, well, that's where I am today. I'm in the crunch. I'm trying to I'm trying to rewrite uh, a, a history that repeats itself. You know, like somehow I found two wives that were like my mom, and mm. like my grandmother, and I don't want that again. I do not want that again. Um, and we're pretty much getting out of time here. Um, but, you know, I I do want to say that if you're listening to this podcast, spend a little bit of time touching the people that are important to you in your life. You know, um, give people hugs like I did with my wife. You know, she used to ask me why I did that all the time. Um, I've had a I've had abandonment my whole life. Amen. Right? And and I've had relationships that just disappeared from my life it, it, unexpectedly at an instant, right? Um, when I was uh, 11, I was living with my dad. We, I lived with him for like nine months. Pack your shit and leave. Not, not we're going to take you to grandmother's house and drop yep. you off. It's there's the door, pack your shit and leave, right? 17 years old, I feel that one. Yeah, and, and you know, I could, go, I could go down a list of relationships that ended abruptly. So for me... I would always go up to my wife and give her a hug. And I would always say, you never know when there is a time that we won't be able to touch each other. And I thought along the terms of death. Right. You know what I mean? Ironically, um, when my mom had a heart attack, she drives me down from Montreal. I stay. She leaves. We kiss each other goodbye, hug, all that good stuff. And that was the last time I touched my wife as my wife. You know what I mean? I didn't see her for almost three years. She, she just visited recently, right? She came with uh, one of my stepdaughters and to show the baby to my stepdaughter's family, whose their family is all here. 
we actually went to a football game. I took her to a Seahawks game. But, go um, Hawks. Yeah, but <laughs> fuck yeah, go Hawks. <laughs> but, you know, that relationship that I felt so secure in ended abruptly. So, you know, take the time to um, touch the people in your lives frequently. You know, not just sex, but but just all forms of touch. You know, I have a 23-year-old daughter. I think you've met her before, right? Like I have. Yeah. So wonderful, I, wonderful lady. Yeah. And, you know, uh, she ran away when she was 15, you know, and, and went to her grandmother's after that. She didn't really want to be at home. I think she couldn't face me, you know. And um, to this day, like, I try to make it a point to, to touch her, you know what I mean, um, to let her know that she's loved. And, and that's really what it's about. So it, it really is, uh, might touch more in depth in a different, in a different day, but, uh, all jokes aside, a little over six months ago, it was an uncomfortably long hug give given with pure love and nothing that, but that saved my life. Mm. And I do my best every day to try and pay that love forward whenever I get the chance I can. And sometimes it's awkward. A lot of the times it's awkward. I'm tempted to make jokes, but uh, at the end of the day, it's really not a joking matter. This isn't. Love yeah. each other, honestly, yeah. unconditionally. Figure out what unconditional love is to you. Live it, see it, be it, breathe it, and uh, try and give it, try and give that gift to somebody else because you never know what battle people are fighting in the inside. Pow. <laughs> uh. Well, I'm curious, G... I got my man, Brett. Yep, well, just Brett. No cool nickname. I, I think I'm going to call you Dirty B. Dirty B works. <laughs> I, I like that Dirty B. Because <laughs> you got a filthy mouth, man. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, you I kept, talking I, about some shit tonight. Well, Spit yeah. fist and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> oh, this is only the tip of the of I the know iceberg. what the tip it is. This is only the tip of the iceberg. Get your head out of the gutter, man. <laughs> Come on, act your age. Because God is, knows I'm not going to. This is the Truth to Power podcast. I am curious, G, and what we've usually done is we've done a parting thought. And it felt like you just gave one, but I'm going to, you didn't know about the parting thought. So I'm going to invite you to put one last thought on this topic out before we sign off. Everybody thinks that the opposite of love is hate. It's not. The opposite of love is nothing. Keep that in mind. See you guys next week. Damn. I almost <laughs> feel like we could talk about that for a little while. I want to go home. Yeah, I do too, dude. Oh, fuck, I'm there. Yeah. Look at that shit. Yeah, can, we, can I spend the night? Your bed looks comfy. <laughs> no. Can I'm, I get off this casting couch? It's a little squeaky. Yeah, this is different. This is different. We're going to touch other things later, but not what? that. <laughs> oh, oh, here, here comes seven of your friends. Why are they in their underwear? I got to go. All right. Well, this has been the Truth to Power podcast. Dirty B, Curious G, we are out. Peace. Here's a little gangbang advice for the fellas. Something you may want to ask when they start to film the gangbang scene. Hey, man, where's the girl? It could be awkward, I suppose. It would be awkward for me. You see, I'm not homophobic, but I am homophobic curious, which breaks down like this.
I have no fucked up thoughts directed at others for personal choices concerning sex. Not my business. Although, there was this moment where my asshole puckered up tighter than a poodle palling around with a pack of pit bulls. I was about as nervous as Lindsay Lohan on the set of Mean Girls when she joined the mathletes. It's okay, Miss Lohan. We put the answers to the math problems in the script. Just sober up long enough to read it. Anyway, my awkward gay moment happened during a man hug. When it comes to man hugs, I'd do it. I mean, really, it'd be weird to refuse, wouldn't it? Fuck you, Melvin. Stay back. Still, when it comes to the man hug, I never initiate. Not anymore. I'm not the aggressor. The hug rapist. Uh, There's always some dude that decides, well, shit, we've known each other a while. He fed me barbecue, like twice. It's time. But, like myself, being homophobic, curious, I have rules. These are my manhug rules. I manhug when the Seahawks win a Super Bowl. I hug everyone within 10 feet for two and a half seconds. I do not go beyond regulation. Rule number two. I hug any man that hands me an oversized check worth upwards of $2 million. American money, not pesos. Dude with a check, if I know him or not, we hug. Well, unless he has a stench. (laughs) then that rules out the fucking window. Rule number three. Any man that murders my ex-wife with an act of prolonged violence and torture. Not that I wish her death, mind you. I've just prayed for it for so long, I feel like it'd be proof of God. The guy that gives me proof of a divine being, I think that guy deserves a man hug. Anyways. Maybe at an unconscious level, I realized there would be something wrong with me, being homophobic curious. I blame it on 80s television. Well, more Dukes of Hazzard than anything else. In part, influenced by my Southern Baptist mom, who said religion was for my own good. Considering how much good religion does for the world, especially the gays, All I can say is, thanks, Mom. You know, recently, even churches have rethought the whole gay dilemma. And after much discussion, church leadership has once again changed their take on the Bible in order to get asses in the seats. Tampered or regular? Hey, man, in this economic climate, if you're able to put a buck in the basket, why not, man? Have a seat. Why, sure, we got donut cushions. You know, the schools, they're also good for gay. Well, on the surface. Public image of the politically correct still does whatever the hell it wants when the cameras are off. The kids, they're all on board. 
Call them Evolved or Friends of Molly. Look, I do realize how fucked up I am. I do try to override my thinking and refrain from discrimination. Still, as a white guy from the 1970s South, when it comes to fitting in, man, I'm more fucked up than a football bat. What can I say, man? Faulty programming. I do try to look for people that have intelligence, who speak honestly, no matter if they're LGB. Well, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Hold on. I always fuck this up. L, that's lesbian. B, that's bisexual. G, that's gay. T, transsexual. Transylvania. Yeah. Uh-huh. Q, that's queer. <laughs> or if you prefer, questioning. I, that's intersex. <laughs> Thank you in particular, for the work that you do. And then there's A, for asexual. These people are not interested in fucking anyone. Personally, I think that asexual should get involved with politics. And then there's the most popular by far, and yet the one that doesn't get enough attention. C, which of course is certain. As in, I'm certain I'm none of the above. Anyways, I'm certain for two reasons. Number one, when I was lured into a gay club on mushrooms, the guy in the dress that I danced with, he did nothing for me at all. And second, because I passed the man-hug gay test. You see, my gay friend... Bet you didn't see that coming. Anyway, my gay friend of a couple years gives me a man hug. And there was no double pat on the back while he did it. So I held back a bit. I was trying to show that I am self-actualized and comfortable with his sexuality. And then, that moment that made me uncomfortable during a man hug... It happened. In my ear, he said, in a deep, guttural, mating call of gay. Mm -mm. To which I replied, mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. This has been the Truth to Power podcast. My name is Curious G. Hope you enjoyed the episode, and I thank you very much for your time. Have a great week, everybody. Touch, touch, I don't know if I know you much. Touch, touch, I don't know if I know you that much. Touch, touch, I don't know if I know you much. Touch, touch. I don't know if I know you that much Touch me baby, feel me beneath This prison of skin and perfect need New love comes, old love goes Whose touch is this that feels my soul Touch, crush, feel whole Through touch we undress our soul Touch, crush, feel whole Teeter over edges, holes